0: What up, fuckers? It's Christina Hutchinson and Corinne Fisher. You're about to listen to an excerpt from Guys We Fucked, the Anti Slut Shaming podcast on Luminary. This week's guest is Jo Ellen Naughty. She wrote a book called Monster Under the Bed, which explores how to navigate sex and relationships when you're coping with depression. It's super helpful. Take a listen. Enjoy. And now, when you were talking about non monogamy in your current relationship, what was did that? Was that something that you chose from the beginning? Is it something that you are using to help when you have bouts of depression does it have nothing to do with that it kind of actually has nothing to do with that but that has ended up helping
1: um i
2: decided when i got out of my marriage that i didn't think i ever wanted to be monogamous again oh Um,
1: oh really and but is it because you're you always thought that about monogamy or that kind of tainted your experience of it because you both (laughs) felt trapped
2: i think that I grew up in the 80s and 90s and, you know, everything was like John Hughes movies romance. And so I thought things would be a certain way. Yeah, you get (laughs) a boyfriend and then you're allowed to have sex because you have that boyfriend and whatever. And looking back on my experience when I was younger, I was never like that. I was always like, I hooked up with this guy at this party and what and my friends would always be like, well, that's weird. We don't do that. We have boyfriends. And looking back, I was like, oh, for me, it was never about Meet this guy, settle down, whatever. Mm -hmm, So, how that's played out in my relationships is I'm not like we have a triad and we all hang out together, non monogamous. I am (laughs) like I have my partner who lives here in Oregon. I have a partner who lives in Nashville. And I have a partner who lives, yeah, and I have a partner who lives in New York City. Now, pandemic times mean I haven't seen any of these people in ages, but normally I would see. Somebody every couple of months. And then I have my partner who lives here, who I see a lot more.
0: Wow. And, and every, so he's your primary partner, your, your Oregon partner. You can I can tend have, to
2: not use, I tend to not yeah. say that. Cause I hate, it makes me feel like when you're in third grade and you'd be like, so-and-so is my first best my, friend. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, can yeah, be yeah. My second best friend. But yes, basically. Yeah. He, uh, he if we're going for a whole thing right now, cause I'm moving back East. Uh-huh. And so, um, how does that relationship evolve? But also I'm less scared about it because I've been in a relationship with somebody who lived 3000
1: miles away for five years. So I feel like so many people miss out on the fact that you can make your own goddamn rules. And if, if, as long as everybody you're fucking or loving or whatever you're doing with them is down and agrees and loves it too, how, What like we can make life so much better for ourselves by making our own rules. And, and it's hard to not be bitter. I don't know if you find this, like you said, you jumped into this marriage with this guy when the relationship really, you weren't fucking and you, you married and you're like, maybe this will help. But it's because, yeah. like, I, I feel like the, the the lifestyle that society pushes on you is just all a bunch of shit. I don't know anybody. Well, no, that's true. Not, not not true. I know a couple people that are really happy with that more traditional lifestyle. But it's like you know, not one size fits all. Do you do you uh, become bitter towards like um, social norms often?
2: I know I have a lot of resentment towards like a specific friend who I see as the person (laughs) who like embodied that and presented it as like, well, that's normal and not doing that is weird. And so I don't talk to her now,
1: which weird (laughs) bitch. Yeah.
2: I feel bad about it because she's a lovely human, but like she to me is that symbol of like,
1: yeah,
0: yeah,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: But yeah, so well. sometimes people are too d- deep in their ways, and like it's just not healthy to have them around you, you know? So it doesn't mean that she's yeah. not a good person, it doesn't mean that you're not a good person, it just means that you guys aren't like this puzzle piece fit. Um, yeah. another thing, so, so as a person with depression, uh, it, how are some ways, if we can get into a little more depth, um, because we're comedians, mm-hmm. um, so I feel like I've, I feel like almost every partner I've had, I've had, um, was probably depressed, whether or not they knew it, whether or not we talked about it, um, just cause you know, it's comedy. So how, what's a good way to, to h- how can you help us navigate relationships with a depressed person? So I think cause they are, I'm tends to be my favorites, but it's, it, but it bring but it makes me sad to be around them. Did they
1: know they were depressed or were yeah. they in denial?
0: Um, I've, I've had both, both experiences. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I, got depressed, and I
2: was dating my current partner, I went looking for books, books that like would tell you how to have a relationship with a depressed person. And what I found a lot was like, well, first of all, they were all like 20 years old. But a lot of them <laughs> yeah. were like, you know, here's how you protect yourself so you don't get pulled down by your partner's depression. And oh. here's how to get them to do things. And I thought oh, that was here's all how such to bullshit. love a monster. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, so what I started thinking about was a lot of times we look at it like, you know, here's me over here and here's you and your depression over here. And we're adversaries and you uh-huh. are on the team with depression and nobody Uh wants to be on team depression. So instead, what I argue is it should be you and me over here, the depression over here, Um, and we face it together. Yeah. And, uh, that, (laughs) I said it at a conference once thinking it would be one of those like throwaway, no duh things I said. And And everyone goes, the the room went (laughs) crazy. They were like, Oh my God. Uh, Yeah. Because we, we don't stop to my grandmother once said, like, it's not you and your partner against each other. It's got to be you guys against whatever problem you're dealing with.
1: First, Yeah, sure. and people often forget that. You're a team. It's a
2: whole different way to approach it. You're a team. Yeah. And I think once we start from that place, we have a lot more flexibility to discuss things openly, um, uh, have strategies. I always say uh, develop a common language. So I taught my partner something called spoon theory. Which is, um, there's a, a writer, Christine Mazandrino who uh, has lupus and she has a site called But You Don't Look Sick. And uh-huh. she explained um, the limited mental, emotional, physical resources you have when you're chronically ill with spoons. She used them to like quantify it. And so it's become very popular in the chronic illness community to say like, okay, I don't have the spoons to deal with this today. Or mm. do you have the spoons to handle that? And I taught that to my partner and it was a game changer for us mm-hmm. because instead of him just being like, well, vaguely, I kind of understand that you're not feeling there today. He could look at me and be like, oh, you have no spoons left. Your spoons are all gone. And i like, yes, yeah. that is where <laughs> we are. And it, it helped us yeah. because it, it, made talking about my depression natural and easy as opposed to this big monumentous thing that if we talked about it I might cry and you know right it just yeah
0: was that a problem with having conversations and then you would cry and then your partner would get upset or feel
1: like a roadblock (laughs) men hate when women (laughs) cry Oh my God! They're like allergic. And
2: I found, in general, just talking about the depression a lot of times in relationships would be awkward. It would be like so: if you go on a date with somebody and they're like, "I have diabetes," you're like, "Cool," and then you go back to your appetizer. (laughs) But if if they say, "I have depression," people would act like I was going to like go into crisis at any moment Mm. and like what do I do? And she's crazy. Oh, wow. Like you're a stuff. bomb.
1: Like you're a ticking time. bomb, <laughs> Right. So, that's so interesting. And, <laughs> I would
2: think they would act
1: like you're going to like slowly sulk out of the restaurant. You know what I mean? Like,
2: <laughs> I feel like over the last four years, this has gotten better because I think so many of us are depressed now, but when hey, I, I was
0: have, dating I in like have, um, 2012. Yeah, I and have, the world's through you a solid. Yeah. So,
1: well, <laughs> every, People have depression. And like you, you said, you experienced earlier uh, on that you didn't understand that you even had it. And then someone was like, wait, no, life's supposed to be fun. And you're like, wait, really? Yeah. Like, I feel like yeah. that's a lot aha moment for a lot of people. I have merchandise um, for myself that says it's a, it's a thumbs up and it says, congrats on not killing yourself because so many people <laughs> have depression. Life is fucking hard. We are not given the tools to deal with it. So that, that type of suffering where you, 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 you have the, you don't know that you don't think you have the ability to, to dig inside yourself and understand it when you absolutely do. The English language is a despair, you know, that it really fucks us with communicating feelings. You got to get creative, like the spoon thing. That's such a good idea. Um,
2: And, you know, I know I grew up with, with my family who I feel like we're at this turning point generationally, right? Like my my grandfather was a World War II vet, and mm. you know, in their family, you know, you 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 muddled through, and you you know, you didn't have problems, and it could always PTSD, be worse.
1: What? Yeah,
2: right. And so, a big thing for me has been watching my family, as I've been on this journey of talking about depression constantly and making it my career and whatever. My my aunt works in a doctor's office, and she had a teenage patient who just went hysterical, crying one day. And everybody in the office was like, well, "That's not normal. What's her problem? Why is she such a brat?" And my aunt looked at her brat? and was like, <gasps> "Yeah." And my aunt looked at her and was like, "No, this is what Joe was like when she was a teenager. I think she's depressed." Mm-hmm. And it was this eye-opening moment for a part of my family that usually was very like,
1: "Suck it up. You know, it's just feelings. They won't is- kill you." it's not how we function yeah. if you have a feeling Eww. it's a it's a clue you and you just we yeah. just like throw it on the street like it's not a goddamn clue god yeah, uh, well, but it really does seem like we're evolving pretty rapidly with our discussion about it because like you said your grandfather world war ii i mean i can't imagine if he was in combat especially the amount of ptsd he was suffering from and was never allowed to talk about it so he just sucked it up and so they become bitter towards generations who don't suck it up and actually talk about it but then as we go on i feel like we're really digging into ourselves and our psyches
2: Yeah. I think there's a, like a realization of like, it doesn't have to be this way. Cause I know for me for years, I was like, oh, life feels this way for everybody. I'm just bad at handling it. (laughs) And having the realization that no, it doesn't feel this way for everybody. Like this idea of like, oh, I did one thing and now I can't do anything else today is foreign to a lot of people. And then I look back and I'm like, oh, right. There were times in my life it was foreign to me, but right. I'm too busy beating myself up for feeling it.
1: But yeah. Hey, fuckers. We hope you enjoyed that excerpt from our interview with Joel and Nani. Make sure if you're around February 13th, Saturday, go over to rushtixtix.com and get a ticket for a very special live. Did that help? And if you want to listen to more of this interview, more of Guys We Fucked and more podcasts from the minds of Roxanne Gay, Trevor Noah, Lena Dunham and a lot more, head on over to LuminaryPodcasts.com. See you February 13th. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible,